0: Our second reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, read from the King James Version of the Bible. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out to the city of Nazareth. because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people.
1: So the angels, they show up in that field and they start singing. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Peace. How is Jesus at Christmas peace for us? And for whom? You know, to kids, the idea of peace at Christmas actually sounds kind of boring like, don't have any fun. Uncle John, many years ago on a winter night, wanted peace. He was babysitting his nephew and his niece. There was snow outside. It was cold. He had fed them. He had bathed them. He had put them in their pajamas, and he just wanted peace so he could read the newspaper. But his, his nephew was very naughty, the sort that was always trying to cause trouble. And sensing that Uncle John wanted a little peace was a great opportunity to disrupt the peace. So as Uncle John was reading the newspaper, his nephew geared up, dove through the newspaper, and tackled into him. Uncle John was a patient man, so he set the newspaper down, told his nephew to please calm down. He was trying to have some peace. Not to be deterred, his nephew came back a second time, diving through the newspaper, tackling Uncle John. Uncle John gave the warning one more time, and I'm tossing you outside. Well, his nephew didn't believe that sort of business. So he waited for Uncle John to have the newspaper back up and dove through a third time. Uncle John calmly picked up his nephew, took him to the door, opened the door, threw him into the snow, closed the door, and went back to sit down with his newspaper. His nephew came in crying, eventually calmed down, and Uncle John had peace. To a kid, the idea of peace at Christmas sounds like your parents saying, stop fighting, quit making noise, can you just sit still? During the sermon, be quiet, just please be quiet for ten minutes. It sounds boring. To adults, peace at Christmas sounds laughable. Christmas is anything but peaceful for most of us. We already deal with the normal stresses of life, and for many of us, work gets even worse in December. And on top of that, you have all the expectations, all the events, all the pressure, buying gifts, hosting things, wondering what you're missing out on, trying to show up at that event in the dress that you used to be able to fit in and you barely can now. It's incredibly stressful. It's not peaceful. So much so that last January, when Christmas was done, I got onto my Google Calendar, which is how I order my days. And on my Google Calendar for December of 2014... I marked off the final two weeks leading up to Christmas. Every evening, I put busy, do not schedule. I just wanted a little peace. That was quickly erased, and we filled it quite up. And it's not just Christmas time. You know what it's like. Life in and of itself as adults is stressful. You deal with the constant struggle of trying to make ends meet, of dealing with and raising children, of caring for aging parents. There's health concerns. There's money concerns. There's just the burdens of a painful and hard life that many of us have dealt with. Life is a struggle, and it seems like peace is really far from us. You know, that first Christmas was not very peaceful either, I'm guessing. I'm pretty sure it wasn't very peaceful for Mary, Joseph, the shepherds. A shepherd's life was anything but peaceful. You know, they were looked down on by everyone. They were disdained. They were considered unclean religiously, spiritually. They were considered the lowest people in the community. You would consider them crass, kind of the way we used to think about sailors. You know, oh, he cusses like a sailor. Well, shepherds were the sailors of that day and age. People you didn't want to hang out with. You didn't want your kids to grow up to become a sailor or a shepherd. And their life was just hard. They worked through the day and through the night, exposed to the rain. They probably were hungry quite a bit, exhausted. And then all of a sudden, some angel shows up. And an angel showing up in the Bible is not that chubby little baby with the wings. It was something to cause incredible fear. They were sore afraid, is what it says in the King James And that reminds me of one of my favorite Christmas stories, the best Christmas pageant ever. I've mentioned it here before. In the best Christmas pageant ever, the church is putting on a Christmas pageant, and all the shepherds are going to be played by kindergarten boys until they find out that Gladys Herdman is going to be the angel of the Lord. You see, the Herdman children were the worst children in town, and of the worst children in town, Gladys Herdman, the youngest, was the worst of the worst. She was evil, mean, She hit people. She was violent. And so when the shepherd boys found out Gladys was going to be the angel of the Lord, they put two and two together. If Gladys is the angel of the Lord coming with good tidings, they were going to be sore afraid. Because whenever she showed up in rehearsal or at the pageant, they knew that her good tidings were going to come with whams upside the head, one way and the other. And they wanted nothing to do with it. And so one after the other, they tried to quit being shepherds for the pageant. They knew they were going to be sore and they were deeply afraid. <laughs> I think the shepherds that night were deeply afraid because they had seen something they had never expected before. And even when the angel says, fear not, they're deeply afraid in part because they, it's God they're dealing with. And probably they're wondering, why us? Don't you know who we are? We're not the sort that God comes to. We're not well-educated. No one else wants to be around us. We're dirty. We're not fit to go to a religious ceremony. But you know what? As the message comes to them, eventually they respond with eagerness, and they go. Struggling, fearful, they go. I'm imagining as well, Joseph and Mary did not have a very peaceful week. In fact, much of the months leading up to the birth of Jesus was incredibly stressful. Unwed, pregnant, ashamed. Raising a baby, little money, a lot of worry. Caesar's decree, days of walking, no room in the inn. And then birth. And birth, if you've never experienced it or seen it, is a struggle. The nativity art is so squeaky clean Mary glowing, clothes all in place, the baby glowing even more. And I get the artists are trying to do that idea of this is God. And so that's the way they depict it. But let me tell you, babies don't come out glowing. They come out blue and slimy. They look like aliens. Sorry, my children. It's a mess. It's painful. There's no way that Mary's going to look like that two hours after giving birth. And in that picture, you even see Joseph with his hand resting on the, on the cow or on the, um, on the bull. Like, it was easy. I got this. He's just chilling with the bull. I mean, seriously? It would have stunk, noisy, messy, a struggle, pain. No woman looks like that two hours after giving birth. I'm sorry, they don't. But God, bringing peace, enters mess and struggle. He enters stress and pain. Jesus came as God with us. Peace was not an idea. It was being born as a baby to live a life like we do, to experience what we experience, to give us what we most need. And Jesus came not Not to end all struggle, but to enter it and bring redemption through it. You know, the peace that we need, the peace that we need is not always what we're looking for. Quiet kids, ease of life, financial security, a better job, good friends. The peace that comes at Christmas is what the angel said. For unto you is born this day In the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. A savior, Christ the Lord. The peace we need is God with us, God for us. We need peace with God. Do you know how peace often comes? In the world around us, we look at how peace comes. Peace comes through struggle. It is fought for. It is wrestled for. Peace comes when wrongs are ended and justice is executed. Peace comes at the end of a war, when the war is over. And the peace we need that Jesus brings is peace with God. At Christmas, the struggle for that peace begins as God enters humanity. And the struggle with with us and with peace ends on the cross 30 years later. In the book of Romans, Paul puts it like this. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is how God shows his love for us. What we need is to be reconciled to God. And we are reconciled with God by the death of his son. Jesus doesn't come that first Christmas to bring good weather. He comes to conquer our sin. To give us peace with God. Peace, that word in the Bible, actually means complete or whole. To be fully alive. To be as you were made to be. And we cannot be who we are made to be until we have peace with God. Jesus came to right us with God the Father so that we could then maybe be right with others and even ourselves. That's the peace that Jesus offers when he comes. Okay, so that's the peace that he offers, but who is the peace for? Who is the peace for? Well, if we're going to follow what commercial Christmas says as opposed to what Christian Christmas says, commercial Christmas would say the peace is for those who are good, right? You know how this works. Presents for those who behave You may have heard the song, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout. He's making a list, you know, he's checking it twice, he's going to find out who's naughty and who's nice. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. Who's it talking about? That's what the song's talking about. And many of us actually would say the same is true about God. God's probably the same, right? He's got a naughty and nice list. He's checking it. He's watching you. You better be good if you want this peace, if you want to get in. Presents come to those who are good. We assume that God is the same as that guy in the red suit. But Christian Christmas, the gospel the message of the Bible is that is not true at all. Christmas doesn't come to those who are good. Christmas comes. And then it falls on those on whom God's good will falls. Verse fourteen says, On earth peace, good will toward men. That phrase, that word goodwill, is better translated God's pleasure and God's favor. And the idea is this, God's good will towards you or towards me. God's peace, in other words, a better way to translate this is God's peace is on those on whom his favor rests. And on whom does God's favor rest? Who qualifies for God's favor? Well, if this first Christmas is any indication, and if the rest of the Bible is any indication, it's not for the super religious or super spiritual. It's not even for the smart or the talented or the successful. It's not for those who raise good kids are good citizens pay their taxes. It's not even for those who are on some good or nice list. The Bible suggests that list doesn't exist. Who qualifies for God's favor? If the first Christmas is any indication, it's the disheveled. It's those who feel out of place. It's the stressed out, the tired, the struggling. People like Mary and Joseph and the shepherds. God's favor seems to fall on those who are afraid, who are ashamed, who are unclean and realize it, who are uncertain and worn out, And don't know where to turn, but who are also willing and humble and eager. Mary, the only reason God's favor rests on her is she responds with a willingness Here I am, let me be your servant. Joseph, God's favor falls on him. Why? Because he's brilliant? No. Because God's favor is put upon him and he responds with humility. He doesn't exert his his rights, his fairness, his sense of justice. He should have put Mary away when she came to him with that story about the Lord told me I'm going to have a baby. He doesn't exert his rights. He humbles himself and is ashamed and dishonored along with her. The willing, the humble, and the eager like the shepherds who come running they don't belong to be there. They don't deserve to be there. They haven't done anything. They're just eager to see what God has done. And that's where God's peace comes. God's peace is offered through Jesus to those who realize they don't deserve it, who admit that they're unclean, who admit that they're guilty and ashamed and they need him. It's to the humble and the willing. And if that's you, God says this. It's yours. My good will My true peace, my salvation is yours. I'm for you. I forgive you. I will be with you always. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Christmas seems anything but peaceful, Lord. And yet you promise us peace through Jesus, your son. Help us to find in your son, Jesus, not the sort of peace we're looking for, but the sort that we need to be made right with you, to find our hope and our joy in the God who loves us in spite of our dirtiness, our struggle, and our mess. Thank you for that first Christmas and the gift of your son, in whose name we pray. Amen.